It takes more than seeing another dev's editor setup, becoming jealous, and destroying your whole workflow to be a great software engineer. This is episode 315 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast, and I am your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Snub. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show about the non-technical stuff of the technical field of software development. It's been a long time since I just absolutely destroyed my whole workflow and spent like three unproductive days in response to a jealousy over someone else's environment. Oh, I'm smack in the middle of it, but it's worse because uh, I'm a manager, so I don't have a lot of time to code. So instead of spending three days, it's like three days of effort spread over like three weeks. (laughs) I haven't been able to type a a line of code in my editor successfully for... (laughs) Several days now. <laughs> Sorry I'm late to the meeting. I was fighting an editor config. Yeah. There's definitely a part of my brain that is like, if I just replicate their editor setup, I'll be like them. Yes. It will transfer to me their skills and knowledge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet, but I haven't found the right <laughs> editor setup. Yeah, clearly. Yet to clearly. do that. Yeah, there's there's probably like an Emacs plugin to do that. Oh, yeah. To transfer all skills and knowledge. yeah if it can't be done in a lisp family emacs plugin then it can't be done i work with lispers now and there's a lot of jokes about how everything needs to be manipulated with x s expressions and it's kind of true (laughs) like (laughs) i've been impressed at how how much of your workflow can be turned into s expressions yes (laughs) there's probably like an email client that you write using cons and mm-hmm. write your emails with that. All right. Uh, that's not what this show is about. No. <laughs> do you want to thank our patrons, Dave? I do. I want to give a shout out to those that are contributing at the level where they get a weekly shout out on our show. They are Nathan Sackon, Memester Josh, Owen Shartle, Craig Motlin, I Love Mavis, The Stochastic Parrot, Alice Jost, Andrew Pollock, Damison Jantz, Lanfuer Pwil Gwyn Gilgogosh, Schwindel Willen, Gogogosh, Koshokton, Ohio, patreon.com.au, we're hiring. Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King, testing is documenting.org, Will Angel, ah! Nick Hathaway, Travis <laughs> Sanders, Brayden Keynes, John Grant, Nick Cantar, and Philip John Basile. If you'd like to join this list of things to try to make us say, all of which are real words, by the way, feel free to go over to softskills.audio and click the support us on Patreon button. And if you contribute at that level, we will say whatever you want that's safe for work to say on this podcast. And if you contribute at any level, we'll send you an invitation to our Slack community the first week of every month. So thank you to everyone who's done that. Yeah, it is kind of interesting how shouting out names was sort of the traditional original use. And it's certainly evolved since then to be much more performance art focused, (laughs) which is great. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by Hired, the best way to quit your job and get a new one. You can go to hired.com slash soft skills, or you can hear more about them in the middle of the show, or you can do both those things. Up to you. All right. Shall I read our first question? Please do. Okay, this comes from an anonymous listener who says, do you have any advice on how to give feedback to people who don't take critical feedback well? There's a person who joined my team with the same job title and level as me more than a year ago, and since then, he has shown that he not only lacks a lot of skills to be considered senior, but also lacks the self-awareness to see where he falls short and how he needs to improve. There have been multiple occasions in our one-on-ones where he has alluded to critical feedback he's gotten from people on our team, including our manager, and has written it off as irrelevant or untrue. He will come up with excuses for his poor performance and will make offhand comments about the person as a way to discount their credibility. Overall, I feel this is a part of a larger display of narcissist behavior 
and I've noticed that the only time he'll listen to suggestions is if you make it not sound critical and sandwich them in between compliments. There is a name for that. (laughs) (laughs) Up until now, I hopefully have avoided being on the receiving end of his negative comments, but since I'm trying to go for promotion, my manager wants me to give him more guidance and tell him directly the feedback that I brought up to her. Seeing how he's reacted in the past, I'm unsure how to just start giving him unsolicited feedback, and I'm afraid of what he'll think and say to others about me as someone with four less years of industry experience trying to give him advice. I'm also afraid that this will damage our working relationship as I've seen how despondent he becomes when things don't go his way. I've told my manager these concerns, and her response was that it isn't on me if he reacts poorly to my feedback, but I feel like putting in the energy to give him feedback that he probably won't even listen to is exhausting and isn't worth the possibility of him becoming more adversarial towards me. What can I do? Any advice? Huh. This is interesting. I've, I've, so I've heard this technique described as the, the crap sandwich. Mm-hmm. I've never heard someone who prefers crap sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Well, only if they know it's happening, right? Yeah, I I enjoy that taste. Please bring it on. It's really hard when thinking about giving feedback to people not to fall into uh, kind of pop psychology. Mm-hmm. Probably you're not a psychologist. Maybe you are, and then you're very qualified. But uh, I'm assuming that you are not a psychologist. And it's interesting. It feels like it gives some insight into behavior. But... I haven't found it useful for helping me take action. And what has been more helpful is thinking about what behaviors do I want and how do I kind of describe and encourage those, not like what is this person's kind of struggles. Um, although that, I don't know, it, it can be related sort of, but if I get too far into like modeling this person's psyche in my head, I kind of psych myself out of just talking to them about what I think should be better or different. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of keying off the larger display of narcissist behavior. That could be, you're probably not going to fix that if it's true. Like, <laughs> It may not change your actions either, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there is, this is interesting as well, because there is a, um, this sounds like your manager is asking you to do this more as a um, way to exercise some skills that will be more useful if you're promoted than as a way to get a particular outcome. Because they even said it's not on you if they react poorly to your feedback. But it's not on you. Like, it's not your fault, but it does become your problem. (laughs) Right? I mean, it could. Yeah. Especially if they start trash-talking you to other people. Yeah. I mean, if they trash-talk everyone to everyone else, though, then... It gets diluted. (laughs) Yeah. The the effectiveness of their trash-talk is is lowered. (laughs) I think, like, the takeaway for me from your manager, I think your manager is right. The more senior you get, the more capable you need to become of giving feedback to everyone regardless of their personal mode of operation and so if there are people you're afraid to give feedback to then you need to figure out a way to get over that fear because it's especially those people that need to have the documented feedback so that if the day comes when they need to be you know if we need to part ways with them in your company because of their negative feedback but you never are willing to give them the feedback then you're going to be stuck with them (laughs) so you got to figure out a way to give the feedback yeah. We haven't talked about Radical Candor for a while. I feel like that book has kind of uh, gone through cycles of, of popularity and is kind of on a down cycle right now of, of maybe there's some downsides to being radically candid. But it does start off with a story at the beginning of the book of someone who was hired, very successful at their previous job, very nice, very easy to get along with, just really struggling. 
and their manager never told them directly, hey, you are not doing a good enough job. Mm-hmm. And eventually, they just needed someone who could do a better job in that role for the health of the company, and they had to fire this person. And they were understandably agonized. I think the sentence I remember is they, they kind of asked their manager, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. And the answer is, I made a mistake in not telling you, right? Yeah. It's always more comfortable in the short term to not give feedback. Uh, and it can sometimes be more harmful in the long term. Sometimes not, but yeah, you're, you're trying to avoid this, like, why didn't you tell me right. reaction? I think that's maybe one way to think about it. I like to think about this in terms of pain minimization. Right now, this question asker is avoiding pain in the short term by not giving feedback to this person. But the choice to not give feedback is going to create more pain over more time in the future, I think. Because either A, this person will never improve the things that need to be improved because they just don't have access to the information in the form of feedback. Or B, there will come a moment where this person needs to be let go because they're just not meeting, they're not meeting the company's needs. And in that moment, the pain can be excruciating when they're looking around saying, why did none of you tell me this? Yeah. I wonder if it's worth, question asker mentions talking to their manager and kind of getting some some advice about it's not your fault if they react poorly. It might be helpful for you to get some assurances from your manager that they have your back. Because yeah. I could see one way this goes wrong is this person gets really upset at you and then, yeah, starts talking negatively about you behind your back, starts criticizing your work, trying to make you look bad. And you want your manager to have the context that it's very possible you will offend this person and they will retaliate against you and they need to be aware of it so they can back you up a little, not be overly swayed by that. Yeah, that would be nice to hear that. And maybe you just need to ask for that. Yeah, it might not change how your colleague reacts, but it might limit the damage to your your working life to them being more painful to work with, not like your career being torpedoed somehow. I sense a fair bit of fear in this question. You know, like, I'm just really scared about how they're going to react, you know? I totally identify with that. Yeah. I, I do. I do, too. Like, well, anyone who's not a psychopath, <laughs> I think, <laughs> fear, what's that? You know, I don't care yeah. how they react. But, like, you know, you and I, Jameson, I think are, are kind of hypersensitive to what people think of us. Yeah. Which is why I'm so grateful that no one has ever left a negative review of our show on, on any podcasting platform. If the show ever stops, you can, you'll know we got our first negative review. We couldn't take it. <laughs> so, so we care, right? But I think part of leadership and maturation is understanding that the needs of an organization, the needs of a team, even in this case, the needs of an individual are greater than your need to not feel fear <laughs> about how someone's going to react or or yeah. greater than your need to be loved by everyone. There's also, you mentioned there might be a way to give this person feedback that they listen to that feels kind of unpalatable. Your manager mentioned it's not on you, how they react poorly. But I, I mean, in an ideal world, you want this feedback to be effective. I have bad news for you, which is that most feedback is not <laughs> effective. This is hard to do well. It's hard for people to change. Uh, it's hard to communicate about tricky stuff. There's there's a lot of ways for signal to be lost in this process. But I think it it is worth thinking about if my goal is to change this person's behavior, wh- what seems most likely to do that? And 
It could be examples of how they've behaved and the impact it's had in the past. If you need to kind of pat their ego so that they'll listen to it, then maybe that's a thing that you just kind of have to suck up and do. It's tricky to kind of diagnose over the show what form of feedback will be most likely to be effective with this person. But I don't think it's necessarily a, a horrible, wow, what a qualified statement. I, I think don't. it is a good sign that you're thinking. <laughs> Not <laughs> that you're thinking, Yeah, here's how this person has reacted in the past to feedback. Uh, and, and you should use that. Like That will help you be more effective in delivering feedback to them. I do have one question for you, Dave, which is how do you avoid the, like, what gives you the right type of vibe? I, I can imagine this coming from either directly or in this person's head when, when they receive feedback from someone mm. they think is their peer mm-hmm. who also kind of thinks they aren't really <laughs> at the same level and like yeah i mean the the way that my mind like mitigates that right away is by see cuz you're not in a management role over this person right you're not their supervisor you're not responsible for them in that way but your your manager has asked you to give the feedback and so to avoid the what gives you the right or your feedback is crap response i like to couch feedback in like a context where I'm saying, look, I've observed some things in your work behavior that I think might be harming you and I care about you and I think you can do really great stuff. And so I'm gonna share this with you and you may not agree with it. (laughs) I think I sometimes kind of sugarcoat the lead in a little bit here, the intro. And it's like, you may not agree with this. I kind of give their, I'm putting their mind at ease, right? Like, hey, I'm sharing examples of things I've seen that, I think you might want to know about. And if you choose not to act on these, that's your call. I'm not going to be upset. I just want you to know that in your best interest, I'm going to share this with you. And I think that kind of defuses or disarms the situation a little bit so that they can receive this information as just information for them to evaluate. And really, as a peer, that is your job, is just to share things with your peers that you think would be helpful for them to know. As a manager, it's a very different situation. As a manager, you actually do have the authority to say, if these things go unresolved, we will have to part ways with you, right? And that, that's like a context you just don't, as a peer, you just don't even bring. Yeah. But I think if you just share in that light, like in, that, in the spirit of, hey, I've got some specific examples of things you can action, and I'm sharing them in a kind way, I think you've done your duty, and you've given them the best chance of responding positively. And then how they respond to that, you've already told them, like, look, if you don't want to accept these, that's okay. And you've disassociated their response from how you're going to feel about it. And I think that's a really important thing. Yeah, I like that. Presumably, you want the project, the team, kind of the shared endeavor that you are on to succeed. You can present the feedback in in terms of, I think this will help our team be more effective or like, this isn't because I'm a busybody. This is because I care about you, the, the, the project we're working on, the success of this design whatever. Yeah, I like that. That gives more context. Okay, th- this is all great, but I'm, I'm thinking about a revolutionary new strategy. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it the inverse crap sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you want to give someone a compliment, but you don't want them, you don't want to go to their head or grow their ego. So you yeah. wrap it in two insults. Okay. A leading insult, a trailing insult, and a compliment in the middle. Okay, so this is like the... What's that sandwich from KFC where the bun is like fried chicken? <laughs> it's one of those. Oh, it's called the it's called the double down. <laughs> the double down. Yeah, this is the double down. This also is a technique 
widely used by a gross group of people called pickup artists. Oh. It sounds a lot like negging. Like, hey, nice. Uh, I, I can't even do it. I don't know. Um, I like the idea <laughs> of repurposing it. You're so it. far out of your element right now. It's not even funny. <laughs> Listen, I've been married for over 13 years. I haven't dated someone that I'm not married to for like 16 <laughs> years. <laughs> so Something tells me that even before those 16 years, you weren't exactly a pickup artist. Well, I was not, but uh, I don't know where I'm going here. <laughs> so... I, I, I'm not really familiar with this negging idea, but is it the idea that you kind of cut someone down? Yeah. Like pretend like you're not interested and make them kind of want to win your favor? Yeah, somehow it helps people uh, want to be with you, which is baffling to me. And I'm pretty sure it, it doesn't. I've seen this in salary negotiations used against me by a prospective employer. Like, really? yeah, you know, your experience isn't that great, you know? <laughs> I did yeah. have someone do that once. And then later, I, I asked him about that. I did get the job, by the way, just at a lower salary than I wanted. This is like uh, 12 years ago. And I did ask them afterwards. And they were like, oh, yeah, I feel like it's my job as a manager to try to cut you down and, and understate the value of your experience so that I can give you a lower salary. And I huh. thought, hmm, interesting. <laughs> so you're saying that my inverse crap sandwich idea has broad and useful application. Yeah, yes. It's been explored widely and maybe this is a, a an opportunity to repurpose it for a better cause. That's right. Stay tuned for a book called Radical Crap Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Apply the double down method and revolutionize yeah. your life. <laughs> Get anyone to do anything <laughs> with a chicken bun metaphor. I'm pretty sure this would be some kind of deep guerrilla marketing campaign by KFC. <laughs> to get people to eat their sandwich more. <laughs> this episode is not sponsored by KFC, but if you're listening, KFC marketing team, we are open to the idea. Yeah. We will double we'll down We'll run with, with that idea. Okay. Uh, did we answer the question? <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Jameson, have you heard about The Great Resignation? Is it that Charles Dickens book? <laughs> Wait, no. The entire population on Earth has started taking our advice of quit your job. Oh, yes, that's right. Apparently, we have achieved influencer status. We've been telling developers for years to quit their jobs, and now we want to tell you how to do it. We're ready to reveal the secret. You mean you don't just walk out shooting finger guns? <laughs> yes, well, you do that first. But after you do that, there's a new service we want to tell you about called Hired. What is Hired, Dave? Hired is the biggest AI-driven marketplace that matches engineers with companies. It is a great way to find your next job. I've been watching this industry for 20 years with a keen interest on hiring in particular, and I've never seen anything like Hired. Tell me about what you're seeing. So I've interviewed about 150 people in the last year, and I am serious. Every candidate that's come to me through Hired has multiple offers, and they're incredibly high, scary high, like 30% higher than other candidates. Is that before or after the finger guns? <laughs> yeah. Uh, both. <laughs> the beauty is it's totally free for engineers, uh, and we would love for you to go try it. Go to hired.com slash soft skills to check it out. Hired.com slash soft skills. Quit your job the best way and check out Hired. Should I read our next one? Go for it. This is from a listener named Anthony. I recently joined a new company following the patented space law certified strategy of quitting your job. I have a senior colleague who has been there maybe eight more months than me. Whenever he has a problem, he likes to call me away from my desk and start explaining his entire problem to me. 
I have no knowledge of the code base yet, and I'm not even an experienced programmer as I barely have two years of experience. I just stand there and nod and give various quips from time to time to pretend I'm listening. This can last up to 30 minutes and happens numerous times a day. If I say I'm busy, he just waits five minutes before calling me over again. I can't get any work done because of this. How do I deal with this senior teammate that uses me as a rubber duck? Should I just buy him an actual rubber duck? <laughs> well, yes, obviously you should do that. I feel like I might have told this story before, but it's a long time ago. In one of my very first jobs, I was a college student still. I had not worked as a programmer professionally yet. There was a company that built a software product and hired developers, but also people who wanted to become developers to do non-developer things with the promise of eventually we'll move you over. Never did. Uh, lots of weird stuff at this company. But they had a long time, I think most senior person there, a developer who'd been there forever, who would do the same thing to me, but would not speak to me or acknowledge my existence at all at any other time and would often do it at the end of the day. It's like they ran out of work to do came over to me and stood behind me and just kind of monologued from like 4.30 to 5. And then it was like a, an alarm went off in their head. It was 5 o'clock and they just left and went home. I didn't know anything about anything. Now I know that I don't know anything about anything. So I know a little bit more. <laughs> I didn't even know what rubber duck debugging was then, but it, it wasn't even debugging stuff. It was just like a stream of consciousness from this person that never talked to me otherwise. And just like they would just dump information at me that had no value or purpose, huh. I am replicating that by telling this story that is only <laughs> slightly related to this question, but was, was put into my mind. <laughs> just paying it forward. <laughs> yep. Uh, eventually, I quit that job. I actually had a, a great coworker. I was working remote at the time. Before it was cool to work remote and before everyone else was. <laughs> Back when you were a, a hermit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were a couple of instances where I actually ac I accidentally rubber duck debugged something with this developer a couple of times where I would get on a call, ask a bunch of questions, answer my own questions, and then say thank you for your time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, came into, I, I flew into the uh, city where the headquarters were where he worked and came into the office, and he actually did present me with a rubber duck and was like, here you go. He, he really said nothing about it. He was just like, I want to give you this present. And I thought, the fact that you're saying nothing right now speaks volumes about what, <laughs> <laughs> about what you want me to do. <laughs> do this. You see I'm saying nothing? This is what I want. <laughs> <laughs> it's like remember the golden rule treat others the way you want to be treated here i have nothing to say yeah so yes i do think you should get an actual rubber duck to this person i think that'd be hilarious it work? and i think it might i mean you could explain i don't know maybe don't even explain it just be like i want to give you a present for your desk just put this somewhere that you can make eye contact with it <laughs> i wonder if there's some way that you could leverage this person's experience and kind of like i almost want to say trick benevolently trick them into working with you on stuff that you need to do instead of you just sitting there listening to them explain their problems, right? Mm -hmm. You could start to collaborate with them. And then maybe it, I imagine it would be useful to have an experienced developer who also knows the code base really well, kind of help guide you through your stuff. So so I wonder if there's what, some way you could say, hey, can we pair program a little bit and, and I can listen to your stuff and you can listen to my stuff. If you can't stand the sound of this person's voice, then that is a bad solution. Because, <laughs> but if you get even more of it, 
Like if you just want them to go away, this won't work. But if you if you want to get some benefit out of it instead of it just being a time suck for you, that's one thing you could try. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, some pretty fabulously decorated rubber ducks. So oh. maybe that softens the blow if you get one that has like leopard print on it or something. <laughs> uh, I saw something in this question that I don't relate to that kind of struck me, which is that I have no, let's see, I just stand there and nod and give ver- various quips from time to time to pretend I'm listening. I have no knowledge of the code base, and I'm not even an experienced developer. And so this really is a rubber duck session, and you're the duck. So I'm sorry. But th- this is the part that I, I don't resonate with that I would just not do, which is if someone is explaining a problem to me, and there's a part of the problem I don't understand, I will absolutely dive into that knowledge gap crevasse until I bottom mm. out and get the answers I need. And this is just kind of my mode is that I can't stand when information passes by me and I don't know what it is or what, what they're talking about. And I will often halt the conversation to get the answers. Hmm. This has one effect that your coworker might view as negative, but that I think for you will be positive, which is that your coworker will get annoyed that he has to keep explaining this stuff to you. Mm. And that's the negative. The positive is he'll probably stop coming to you for questions <laughs> if his if his questions just turn into questions getting right you know shoved right back into his face. Yeah, and if he doesn't, then you're kind of repurposing these conversations to be more useful for you. Yes, and you just get to be tutored by this person. At some point, you have to do stuff too, instead of just learn stuff from them. I guess that's the problem if you can't ever actually get anything done, but. I've never seen it happen with with this kind of relationship of a more senior person coming to a more junior person. In the opposite relationship, I have seen folks ask to have like some kind of office hours or or questions batched up or something. Some ways so that if a junior person has a bunch of questions, they can get answers without interrupting all the time, especially if they're yeah. kind of non-urgent but important to know stuff that they want to dive into. I like that. So I wonder if you could just say, hey, I have like rubber duck hours or something like that. Like when the duck is on the door, that means yeah, I'm open for business. And honestly, like these, you're not actually that useful here because you don't have any answers, <laughs> right? So <laughs> so maybe maybe if you could convince your team, the members of your team who actually have more experience to set up office hours, that would completely sidestep this whole problem because uh-huh. now there's a designated place to go with these questions and bonus the people actually know the answers. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't possibly help you because I'm just too new here. Why don't you go talk to coworker A? Yes. And then you just go back to working. I like mm-hmm. it. Heads down, fingers back on keyboard, clicking away. Have you considered wearing a large rubber duck suit? Would that be <laughs> better in some way than like presenting them with a rubber duck? Even like a, a subtle, you know, those polo shirts that have a little like tiger or something oh yeah yeah on it some emblem just a very subtle little duck embroidery on your on your blouse or shirt or that would be awesome you might have to keep escalating though like if they don't notice your your subtle duck pattern socks then yeah which they clearly won't you'll have to a b test it until you get past the threshold of noticing you will end up with a duck face tattoo by the end (laughs) of this (laughs) that'll be a turning point in your life (laughs) <laughs> and great things will happen after that. Great, yeah. That's just going to be the doorway to awesomeness. <laughs> so you know how there's that 
thing where if you get tears tattooed around your face, that's supposed to be like how many people you've killed or something. Oh, I did not know that. Well, uh, <laughs> more uh, more seedy cultural references yeah. from Jameson Dance today than normal. Yeah, welcome to the real world, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be some equivalent for like the number of ducks you have tattooed around your face, right? Like this is how many, how many rubber duck sessions I've been through. This is how many? Useless... Maybe a better metaphor would have been like combat aces. I guess that's still violent, but fair enough. More patriotically violent. <laughs> I think this question is answered. What do you think, Dave? I think so. Good luck. Hopefully, you got some ideas for how to do this and and if not maybe just settle in you know you're doing a great service by doing nothing smiling and nodding it's not every day you get paid to just smile and nod for 30 minutes that's pretty cool that's true you're professional smiler and nodder (laughs) and if you can get some of those fake glasses that look like your eyes are open you could go to sleep (laughs) 30 minute power nap and your head naturally bobs a little when you're napping anyway (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) yeah All right. What can people do if they want their own questions answered, Dave? Go to softskills.audio and click the Ask a Question button where you can fill out our form. Thank you so much to everyone who does that every week. We love, love your questions. Keep them coming. We will catch you next week. Mm